Welcome to the Pilot Podcast, where we watch the pilot episodes of TV shows and recap other shows to answer your question, should I watch this? My name is BJ. And my name is Me Too. And this week we're checking out the CBS show, The Big Bang Theory. So stay tuned to the end to see why this show outlasted our friendship. No, that's <laughs> not what I meant. <laughs> Tell me how you really feel. <laughs> I meant to say, stay tuned to the end to hear us review a show that predates our friendship. <laughs> I feel like we've been friends for so long, but Big Bang Theory has been banging for longer. That's what I meant to say. Wow. That's a very different meaning. Okay. So listeners, let's pull ourselves together. You're probably wondering why we're going back to the Big Bang Theory. The series just had its series finale a few days ago. So we wanted to come back and look at how this all began, because it's one of the most popular shows on TV, a phenomena, and now an end of an era. Beach, how did you feel about the pilot? I think you and I both watched the show for a little bit, and we both faded out. Yeah, so I casually watched the first probably like two or three seasons and Same. would catch an episode when it's on, but definitely not a regular viewer of the show. I felt the pilot made sense for a CBS comedy. It hits all those beats that you want in the sitcom. I also feel at the time, so just to give everyone perspective, the pilot aired September 24th, 2007. So I think back at that time, the whole geeky, nerdy concept was now becoming popular. Superhero movies also had a big influence on that. But I think this was a niche aspect to comedy. Let's have some nerds, awkward social interaction, And I totally see why it held people's interests for so long. What did you think? I liked it more than I thought I would, actually. Because when I faded out of the show, it's because I felt it wasn't quite as funny as the other shows I watch, including other Chuck Lorre shows, to keep my attention. Especially since Big Bang Theory came out before you and I both went off to college. And I dropped a lot of shows when I was in school and kept the ones that I just absolutely loved. And that didn't quite make the list of shows that I watched seriously. So because of that, in my mind, Big Bang Theory was much worse than it is. I don't know if that's the right word. So when I saw the pilot with you just now, it was a lot funnier than I expected. I know it was like typical CBS comedy, but it was a lot funnier than I thought it would be. Yeah. And to our listeners, typical comedy is not a bad thing. There's a reason that there's tropes and formulas for these shows. It just hits all the right mark. If you took a class where you were required to review a show airing on TV, would Big Bang Theory be on your list of potential shows? Uh, It's a no. (laughs) I don't think so because I still think I dropped it for a reason. I was surprised by how much I liked the pilot, which is maybe why I held on for the first couple seasons. But it wasn't as funny as the other shows I watched in college. In college, I was pretty obsessed with The Office. I was of the generation that Rain Wilson talks about in his book of teenagers who started The Office in high school and for some reason loved it. That's the show I would have reviewed. Or 30 Rock or Parks and Rec. The NBC comedy lineup is probably what I would have reviewed. NBC has great comedies. Okay, so let's dive into what makes Big Bang Theory so appealing. It's this main cast of characters, these two roommates, plus their two friends, plus their neighbor. Yes. I guess right off the bat, do you have a favorite character? I would say when I watched 
the show, my favorite character was probably the breakout star of the show, Sheldon. His delivery of his lines and the social awkwardness he's able to present is very appealing. Jim Parsons auditioned for that role twice. So in his first round of auditions, he was so good that they brought him back because Chuck Lorre couldn't believe how good he was at portraying Sheldon. And he recreated the magic for the second round of auditions. And he was actually hired on the spot in the room. You mentioned this before we started recording that he's an executive producer on Young Sheldon, which makes sense because he really does have an excellent grasp on this character. Like he is Sheldon. You can tell sometimes when an actor really knows who they're playing. Mm hmm. You can tell they root for them and they're portraying that person truly to the best of their ability. I feel that way on Game of Thrones with Gwendolyn Christie. Yeah. Plays Brienne of Tarth and you can tell she just loves her. Mm. Do you know who my favorite character is on The Big Bang Theory? Who? Penny. No way. Why? I like that we have Penny's perspective that everything they're doing is so far into her. So there was one joke that stood out involving Penny in terms of her being like, I'm a Sagittarius. You might have thought I was a water sign. And then Sheldon's making fun of her and it just goes over her head. And I like those moments that you need Penny for in order to get those jokes to play well. They kind of play it as she's too dumb to understand. Yeah, I actually don't like that. But I do like some of the science jokes that they have in later episodes where to her they're speaking a foreign language and then she also brings this perspective of more normal social skills that some of them lack and this this really appealing contrast which is a big part of the show and i think that's why i like penny because she uniquely brings that contrast when leonard and sheldon they're in their own world and they're pretty similar even if they have different levels of social abilities. I also like that later in the show, she's developed much more to be much more intelligent. Yes. And and her own person versus just being there as, look at what these nerds are doing. Penny gets a lot of good growth. I think all the characters get good growth throughout the seasons, but definitely Penny, where they flesh her out and make her more of a well-rounded person. And they show off what she's smart at, what her strengths are. Where in this pilot, they limit her for the sake of the gags that they're running when they're playing off the other guys. And the character growth feels pretty natural. I, like we've said, haven't seen the show recently, but every time I catch a random episode, I never feel out of the loop, yet it feels like it makes sense relative to where I think they are in the storyline. So if I catch a random episode that is season nine or something, it makes sense that Sheldon is a little bit less socially awkward. It makes sense that Leonard is more assertive. It's natural. And it doesn't feel like they used big events to grow them up or anything like that. It's just people who are learning from each other, feeding off each other and becoming better. Yeah, I think that's a really good point and probably speaks to the writers and the actors where whenever you drop in whatever season, whatever episode, you can see the growth, but it still feels like those same characters you met in the pilot versus shows like Riverdale, which we're both fans of. Uh, you look at Archie season three compared to Archie season one and he looks the same, but it's hard to think this is the same Archie. But I think with Sheldon, Penny, Leonard, you know it's the same character. And you can just tell that they've gone through life changes, events, they've learned new things, their opinions may have changed, but it's still the character you know and love. And it's just an easy show to watch. Jim Parsons did an interview about the show, I think, in The New Yorker and talked about the appeal of it. And he said that it's because there's no serious arcs. 
so people can drop in and drop out and they don't have to think super hard. That's a good quality. And it's smart for TV producers who want their show to last several seasons. True. Where you don't set up too big of a story arc that you have to finish this season or have to have another season to finish. They even wear the same clothes almost every episode. And Penny, according to some fact website, has worn the same purse since season one. So they're really keeping it easy for us. It feels like a cartoon. You know, it's a different day, but they look the same. It's not really clear if last week's episode actually happened relative to this week's episode. But there's a nice quality to that sameness. Like you said, it's easy to drop in and out of episodes and seasons. I want this to be a compliment. It takes less mental energy to stay with the show versus some more story-based shows where you really got to focus to every word, every detail, and every episode. It is a compliment. That's why I watch Modern Family. I'm one of, I'm not sure how many people are left that watch that show fairly often. And it's because it's so easy to watch. I can finally relax. It's good to have just pure entertainment versus like Game of Thrones. You really need to dive into that story. Game of Thrones, I watch with two of our friends every Sunday and we have to do discussion circle before and after. And leading up to this season, we watched old episodes in order to make sure everything was fresh in our minds and we remembered all the little plot lines and it gets exhausting. Even you and I talk about this all the time, but I had to drop How to Get Away with Murder because (laughs) I just didn't know. I didn't know anymore. Like, who is this? (laughs) You can't drop back in. You can't take a break with that show. No. I'm curious to know, what do you think of Howard and Raj? Because I always think of them as the second tier of the cast, and we only get a glimpse of them in this episode. But they are part of that main circle of friends. I like them. And I like that they get developed much more as the season progresses. Raj's quirk of not being able to talk to women unless he was drunk was actually based on the show co-creator Bill Prady's old colleague that had the same issue. I'm curious about how you learn that with your coworker. <laughs> so I like that they develop them further because they're funny. I like that they were more than just the funny nerdy dudes that drop by sometimes. Mm-hmm. Because I think with both of those characters, they leaned on some stereotypes about both of their backgrounds and they get to be developed past that later in the show, which is nice. Yeah, I do like that the writers expand on both of them and don't fit them into a niche or a stereotype. I mean, they still really tap dance on them stereotypes. Yeah, they definitely all start with a stereotype and then broaden that as the seasons go on. And I think they do a good job because this easily could have been the Leonard Sheldon show plus Penny and Friends. Yes, plus hot girl, plus Jewish scientists, plus Indian scientists. It totally could have been that. Yeah. And I think people, to be honest, would have been just as satisfied, (laughs) especially in 2007 when the show started airing. Yeah. Alternate reality of that version of the show where they all stay stereotypes probably would have been successful as well. BJ, meal prep is economical, but I still need grocery money. That's why this episode is brought to you by Audible. Fun fact, since we're talking about the Big Bang Theory, many a science or other academic textbooks are available on Audible, including the pop culture philosophy book based on the show, The Big Bang Theory and Philosophy, Rock, Paper, Scissors, Aristotle, Locke by Dean Kowalski and William Irwin. 
What a title! You can find those books and pretty much any others, including non-academic books, at audibletrial.com slash thepilotpod. You'll get a 30-day trial membership, be able to browse their amazing selection of audio programs, and pick a title to download free and start listening. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash thepilotpod. Happy listening! And now back to our show. You noted in this pilot that Penny had a pretty uncomfortable comfort with strangers. Yeah, so she just moved into her apartment in this pilot. She moved out from her ex's apartment. And I guess it's not too uncommon. She's unpacking. Her door is open. You're still moving boxes in. She had an ironing board that was in the hallway like this entire episode. I guess it's too heavy to move, but she was very quick to start talking to Leonard and Sheldon. They invited her her to lunch in the most awkward, uncomfortable way where all the signs were saying run away, but she walked right in and started eating with them. Yes. Sheldon was dissing her all during lunch. She didn't even notice or care. She took a shower in their home. Same day you meet your neighbors and you take a shower in their apartment. I wouldn't take a shower in many people's apartments that I know. Right? That's so intimate. And she was walking around in her towel. She was very comfortable. That whole floor was her home. She was like, look, your door is open. It's an extension of my apartment. So I'm going to just make myself comfortable, go where I need to go, get what I need to get. Maybe she's kind of alphaing that space. Oh, a power move. That feels like a power play because if I'm walking around in a towel, that's me at my literally most vulnerable. And I'm saying y'all can't do anything to me. Do you think in this pilot, she was aware of Leonard's crush and was taking advantage of that? I don't know because she was so hungry up on her ex-boyfriend. So I think she was pretty focused on that. That's fair. Do you think from this pilot, you would predict Leonard and Penny as the end game? Time for a fun fact. Okay. Every woman on the show, so Penny and you'd later meet Bernadette and Amy, the first man to speak to them is the one that they end up with. Whoa. So Leonard in the pilot is the first person to speak to Penny. Mm -hmm. In season three, episode five, one of them is the first to speak to Bernadette, they end up together. I'm not trying to spoil it. And then it's season three, episode 22, Amy is introduced and one of the three dudes is the first to speak to her and they end up together. So had I known this pattern was coming, yes, I would have predicted it. But I also think nerdy man, hot woman is a trope people like in Hollywood. There's a reality show based on it. A couple. I feel like I would have seen it coming within the first couple episodes. Yeah. And even Sheldon makes a comment like of all the guys in this car, you got the best chance. Yes. Although it is weird and it felt kind of predatory, which makes me think, how do you feel about shows that span long periods of time? Because the jokes that they're making on Big Bang Theory now in 2019, I assume are a bit evolved from the jokes that flew in 2007 when the show started. Yeah, I think that is an issue with a lot of comedies in particular, where timely jokes of an era don't really stay timely after a few years. And I also think it's a situation where there's probably not many people going back to these 2007 episodes. Yes. In 2019. I can see how some of these jokes can be offensive or inappropriate in the present day. And I understand 
how they were acceptable at that time. And I think it's just one of the things where we now have a, another medium where these things can be archived as part of the history of a show. Yeah. But fortunately, the writers are, from what I have seen of the show, stay pretty timely with the new jokes. So they are updating their own sense of humor with society. True. Because the first big laugh of the pilot was Sheldon using an offensive term for a trans person. Mm -hmm. And it was weird to watch that being the big laugh. But the show has grown tremendously since then. I mean, even on random episodes I've seen, I just don't get the same vibe. No one is using homophobic (laughs) and transphobic slurs. It's grown up, but probably still a little bit not offensive, but immature because it's a show for nerdy men. It's definitely a specific type of humor. You want some fun facts about The Big Bang Theory? Yes. It took two pilots to air. But on top of that, instead of submitting a spec script or concept, Chuck Lorre actually put on a show for CBS execs. So they hired actors, wrote out a full script, and had them perform the pilot episode. That's cool. A very unconventional audition. Mm -hmm. The Bare Naked Ladies lead almost didn't write the theme song because he had been turned down by a couple shows and was, I guess, salty at being stilted. And so we almost didn't get this iconic theme song of Big Bang Theory. Glad he was willing to give it another shot. Yeah. And Big Bang Theory, of course, as you know, the actors are some of the highest paid in the world with the top three of them being in the Forbes highest paid actors list. Mm -hmm. But also the show was the first in modern TV history to be renewed back to back times for three seasons at a time. Oh, they did three season renewals. Yeah. So when they were renewed in season, I guess it would have to be seven. They knew that they were going to get at least 10 seasons of the show. Wow. I guess by that point, CBS knew this was a moneymaker. So signing for another three seasons was obvious. And it's actually superstition on the part of the writers. They've never revealed Penny's last name. Whoa. I never thought about that. Actually, when I read it, I had never thought about it. That I know all of their other last names but Penny's. I wonder why. What would it jinx if they revealed that? I feel like maybe because it's been so long. Maybe (laughs) they're not going (laughs) to do it now. But I agree. I don't know what it would jinx because everyone involved in that show, especially anyone that has any any level of ownership, it's cheese on your burgers for the rest of your life. So you said they wouldn't reveal it. So they decided on a last name. Oh, yeah. So somewhere there's a group of maybe 30 people or so, if not more, beyond the writer's room and assistants that know her last name. Yeah, they're probably like, never write it down, guys. Only say it quietly. It's time for us to investigate. They should be able to reveal it now since the series is done. You can call me Joe because I want to know. I wonder if they told Kaylee Cuoco. Oh. Like of anyone on the cast, it seems like she would be the first to know. Did you know that she and John Galecki, who plays Leonard, dated for two years? While filming? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, so they're exes who have to work together. But they get along really well. That's good. Probably the pay. And they're nice people. I mean, I'm sure they're nice people. And he seems like a very chill person. He talked about it when he did an interview on Anna Ferris's podcast. But also, if I were making $900,000 an episode or a million dollars an episode, I could get along with just about anyone. Yeah, just smile while you're on set. That's all you gotta do. You're making 28 to $29 million a year to be like, Leonard... Oh, I'd be happy. Be like, me too. Calm down. Your character's not that happy. It would be hard for me to cry. (laughs) 
<laughs> like you're supposed to be really upset and sad. Okay. Are you ready to rate the Big Bang Theory? Our rating has no bearing on the overwhelming <laughs> success of this show. But go ahead, Beach. In case you still want our recommendation. Actually, I would rate the Big Bang Theory. Would watch again casually because that is how I initially consumed the series. And I think as we've mentioned over and over, this is one of those shows where you can't easily come in and out of episodes. You don't need to see every episode in a season to feel like you're caught up with what's going on. So I think now that it's done, no pressure to binge watch every episode. But if you want a funny show when you have a free 30 minutes, pick up an episode of The Big Bang Theory. Totally agree. I would take it a step further. Not only could you watch it casually, I would argue you could play games on your phone, fold laundry, go through a recipe. I like to watch shows while I cook, specifically sitcoms while I cook, because I know I don't have to pay very close attention to them. This is the perfect show to unwind to. Yeah, instead of music or podcasts, just play The Big Bang Theory. Replace us with an episode of The Big Bang Theory. Well, don't do that, (laughs) but relax your mind to an episode of The Big Bang Theory. You can find more episodes of The Pilot Podcast where you can hear our voices at thepilotpodcast.com. Oh, one more fun fact. Sorry. Bernadette's voice is fake. That high-pitched voice thing she does, it's based on her mom's voice and accent, but she took the jersey out of it and kept the pitch. Cool. I just had to get that last fun fact in. Your girl did research. While we were watching. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and Spotify, and be sure to leave us a five-star rating and review. You can follow us on Twitter and on Instagram at The Pilot Pod. You can like us on Facebook at The Pilot Podcast. You can send thoughts, feelings, show recommendations. We've gotten quite a few more. Thank you, thank you, thank you to askthepilotpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Bye.